boat and I survive and sail, sir. I survive the pits of fish and take some home to lie, sir. Good morning, folks. It's uh, the second Tuesday of the month. Time for Boat Talk here on Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9 in Bangor, 99.9, and all around the world at WERU.org. Boat Talk is a uh, call-in radio show for people contemplating things naval with your rusty anchors, Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague. It's the uh, radio show with all kinds of uh, different marine topics and Catchy phrases. Catchy. 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 Oh, with a K. Uh, K-E. Yes. Yeah. That that was more of a visual pun. But um, to uh, rig things together, Giffy Full is among the mizzen right now. Oh, uh, and we're sorry for that. Giffy is... Giffy is uh, an older fella who uh, grew up in Marblehead, Massachusetts, never had an unboaty day in his life. Is probably one of the most... uh, experienced boat surveyors on the planet at the present time but uh um, couldn't make it last month for memorial and not here this morning either so uh, we're very sorry for that we love it when giffy's here well i'm sure he makes us look a lot older and wiser if nothing else you know (laughs) yes yep um it's appearances only but i'm sure he's on the water doing something good but we'll find about that later we do have a lot to talk about today yeah and we're here uh uh, Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague. We're uh, both boat builders. Um, I do a lot of uh, delivery sailing, and uh, we're just, you know, interested in things nautical. You know, and always privileged to do boat talk. Uh, very glad to be here. We had the boat talk cruise since we spoke to you. Oh, last. that's right. Yes, we did. We got to find one that was, up a little bit. Yep, it's impossible to have it be bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it threatened to rain or. Uh, you know, a thunder and lightning storm, that could be unfortunate. Past that, uh, there's nothing really can go wrong with that cruise. The boat's covered. Yeah, yeah except for uh, worrying about getting struck by lightning. I kind of enjoy being out in, this, in a thunder and lightning storm, but I guess I'm a, kind of a rare species there. Oh, man, I had a little experience in the lightning and, and uh, a couple weeks ago. I, uh, but anyway, no, uh, the, the cruise was... Moderately attended this time. It was on a Friday night because the Tim Sample WERU benefit was on on the Boat Talk Saturday night. So we graciously seated that. And uh, like I say, it was a little foggy. It was a little little gray, and nobody cared a bit. We had a very nice cruise out around uh, Somme Sound in the Great Harbor out of Northeast Harbor. We got to thank Bar Harbor Cruises once oh, again. Oh, yes. Yep. And, yes, it was a very good cruise. And, and uh, it was Captain Chris and Captain Chris who were... Uh, running the boat that night. A good Easy time. to keep straight, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Sea Princess is out of Northeast Harbor, and they, uh, you know, like the uh, Boat Talk cruise thing so much, they've offered us the, the lend of the boat twice a year now, and, and we fully expect to have one again this fall. So stay tuned for that. The Boat Talk cruise, are you on the boat? Like the Merry Pranksters, you got to be on the bus to be cool, you know. So <laughs> That's the thing right there. We are, uh, like I say, got a couple of news items this morning, and um, we hope to talk to a couple of, of uh, people today who are doing really, really cool things with kids and boats on the water. Um, we will start, hopefully, at quarter past, talk to Muriel Curtis of Station, Maine. They row the gigs down in Rockland Harbor, and they had a, a program with school kids at the Rockland Middle School this last year that was absolutely phenomenal in its results mm-hmm. of taking under under appreciated under motivated uh school kids there and you know 
Should we explain what a gig is? Put some spark into it. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And uh, that's, uh, like I say, inspiring kids, getting them out of their little bubble. And um, the same thing goes on with the Windward Passage organization. And hopefully we'll talk with Captain Havla Hawkins, who uh, was anchored in Castine last night on Belo. He's got a sloop load of kids out there. And uh, they go out on a learning experience with the Windward Passage. It is also for kids who uh, might be disadvantaged, troubled, uh, the scholarship program, and like I say, getting kids out of their little bubble and inspiring yep, them. Yep. That's what we hope to talk about this morning. They, they really don't realize what a little bubble they're in a lot of these kids until they get out onto the water and experience well, the huge world. Yeah, and last month we talked to uh, David Buckman, who uh, is a columnist in the Points East Boating Magazine newspaper that you can find out and around. Yep, he has an article in this month's it's Points East. Very po- He's just a very nice writer, and uh, we had a great chat with him last uh, month. You can check it out at BoatTalk.org or WERU.org. He wrote this book called Bucking the Tide, Making Do and Discovering Wild New England and Fundy Coast in a $400 yacht. And uh, <laughs> we interviewed him last month about this book without the pleasure of having read the book and since I've received the book and read it and like it even more. Huh. Okay, just totally excellent. And the theme of it is, hey, we got to go out and live. Okay, this this might be a little crazy. Um, you know, sometimes it's sublime, sometimes it's it's uh, dangerous, sometimes it's stupid, but we got to get out there and live. we got to live large, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the whole theme of the thing. So from the introduction here, I think this sums it up for the kids, too. Uh, from uh, Bucking the Tide, David Buckman, he says, A part of our being that wants to adventure on life beyond the day-to-day business of things, to take roads left tra- less traveled, to experience the thrill of discovery, to live large, to suffer a few privations, to rise to challenges and expand our vision of the world and its ways. And I think that sums up what uh, we hope those people are doing with those kids we talked to this morning. So, yep. Yeah. I would expect that's exactly true. Yeah. And, again, uh, we did a, a chat with David Buckman last month, and I thought the smartest thing we did in a long time was get him to read a passage, and I highly recommend, if you're uh, at all interested, you go back to last month's program and check out that reading. You can get it at um, weru.org. Just go to the archives and look up Boat Talk, or you can go to boattalk.org, our own website, and the last three uh, programs are podcast there yeah he read a piece called sheltering that was i just thought extraordinarily nice and very nicely read too which is a trick yeah yeah can i tell you a quick one while we're waiting for uh, these people here so we don't talk about people drowning and stuff which uh, is also in the news <laughs> yeah a little lightning story oh good yeah we're delivering a uh, morris day sailor uh one of the little day sailors down to a 42 uh, footer no a 36 36 uh, okay can't yeah. stand up in it no stove we're off to Oyster Bay, uh, uh, Long Island. That's about, uh, what, uh, 56 hours. Uh, you know. No autopilot? Uh, no, it had an autopilot. Okay. It had a Dodger and it had lifelines, which is kind of nice. A little Dodger over the cockpit. Oh, removable lifelines? Not much shelter. No, removable those were permanent. Extensions? Yeah, okay. they don't hurt the look of that boat. Huh. But yeah, uh, like I, I say, that's it. an option. costs more money. So uh, we're taking a little Morris 36-day sailor down to Long Island, and uh, we run down the clock until we get there, run, run around the clock till we get there. So we're coming up to uh, the race, which oh, yeah. there's lots of races around the globe, race point, races here and there, and always denotes a place where the tide runs really fast. And in this case, 
Connecticut and Long Island squeeze up together with Plum Island there, and all the water has to go in and out of that little little choke point of, of uh, Long Island Sound twice a day. Been through there, yes. Yes, and it's a uh, it's a uh, notorious little piece of uh, uh, current uh, ripping water. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that Captain Mark would get us through the race on his watch, but we had the current against us, and I come up on watch. I'm still a couple miles away from it. And uh, when I went down, it was nice. You know, it wasn't too bad out. When I come up, it is foggy, foggy, foggy. And oh, no. I, I'm getting dressed, and I say, what's that strobe thing you've got going on up there? He goes, that's not a strobe. That's lightning. Oh, great. Thanks a lot, you know. <laughs> so I come up from my watch. We've got to get this boat through the race. And it is, it is just can't see the bow foggy, okay? There is a flash and lightning going off on a steady basis, and now we've got drip, 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 and it's raining just as hard as you have ever experienced in your life, okay? Mm, All buckets, of a sudden, huh? buckets. And the rain is coming down so hard and bouncing on the boat, it's making a fog of rain mist on the boat because it's, <laughs> it's splashing up so hard and being beaten down so hard it doesn't know what to do. It's like cavitation yeah. down the deck, huh? So I'm coming up on the race here, and the tide is uh, um, it's, it's mostly with me, so this is not bad. But I also have a tugboat with a, a barge a mile and a half behind me. And in the dark and the fog and the lightning, that's... Uh, you know, he's following you in, right? He's following me in, okay. and I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, yeah. We're near Point Judith, Rhode Island, and there's fishing boats going zing, zing, zing everywhere. Been talking to him on the radio. And now, like I say, it has gone from fog and lightning to rain and just so hard, you can't look up. You can't possibly think, okay? And I'm using the radar to find the race rock light and the buoy that I need to find here and the tugboat behind Was me. Was the radar on the binnacle? Uh, yep. So you're standing out in the weather. Yeah, I'm out in the weather, and, and like I say, you don't even want to be alive, or you just, oh, this is too much. Okay, <laughs> help. And when the rain is so hard, the radar gets ruined. The oh, rain, yeah, clutter, rain okay? clutter, yes. Yeah, so I've now lost my my main navigation uh, thing, and kind of freaking out there for a minute, and thinking, no, no, I can do this, I can do this. And uh, all of a sudden, I uh, and I can hear the race rock horn, woo you know, it's just over there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I can see it flashing. And all of a sudden, the rain has beat down the fog. But now the lightning is going sideways across the sky. Mm-hmm. And with this tugboat behind me and this, this race rock light with the red light and the woo! Doom, 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 My doom, God, doom, doom. what a scene. <laughs> and, uh, geez, I tell you what, uh, we're having no fun there for a while, but I got bragging rights on that, you know, uh, for the rest of the, uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Did I ever tell you how hard it was raining and the light, you know? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. some nights it's just not nice out there, but you're out there doing it anyway, so. And you brought it in without losing any bottom paint, so that's a good thing. Another night at, night, night at work in Long Island Sound. So anyway, uh, that's what we've been doing out to sea, among other things. We are doing boat talk this morning. We're going to talk in a few minutes to uh, Muriel Curtis of Station, Maine. And uh, she... Uh, is out in Rockland Harbor at the present time and in a gig with uh, 10 middle school kids uh, laying on their oars. And we talked to them yesterday, and, and they're having a rowing camp every day from, from 9 to 3. And so we're busting rowing camp by calling them on the phone in the gig out in the harbor, in the fog, too, we might add. And uh, so the kids voted yesterday. They wanted to be on the radio this morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of moms listening right now. Well, and told Muriel that the kids could uh, then, uh, you know, this will be posted up on the web later, and 
and uh, maybe we'll get to talk to one or two of them, plus Muriel, and, uh-huh. and they can listen to themselves and, as well as get to roll around the harbor. So. Well, I'm sure, that, yes, if they're, they're pretty kids, cool they probably know how to do po- podcasts better than we do. Yeah. Amy is getting them on the phone right now. This other stuff, uh, like I say, I don't want to talk about that stuff right now. Well, we were talking about kids on the water in general on this month's Points East magazine. That's one of the feature stories right there is community boating programs and, and getting kids on the water. We've got uh, Muriel Curtis. Are you on the phone? I am indeed on the phone. Are you in the boat, Muriel? Where are you this morning? What Absolutely are you doing? Absolutely not. Today we are halfway up, about halfway up, a little less than that, Ragged Mountain. And I just sat in some way too squadgy moss on this rock. I am with six of the finest kids on the planet. <laughs> All right. And I'm you left kidding. the boat in the water. And yeah, it likes it there. You you said yesterday, uh, and you exclaimed it in a way I've been thinking about for a solid day now, Muriel. You said, I've got the best job on the planet. I've got the best job on the planet. <laughs> I absolutely do. Uh, someone said, does it not pay a lot? But someone said once upon a time, um, if you pay Caesar, then you don't have to eat lentils. Yeah. Well, you know, if you learn to eat lentils, then you don't have to pay Caesar. Well, you <laughs> need to really get with the concept of priceless, too, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, truly, I get to wake up every morning building my dream, knowing I'm really making a difference. And Rockland is like an amazing harbor. The community completely understands what we're doing. How does it get any better than that? And the organization is called Station Maine. You've got a website, stationmaine.org. Yes, and right up, right up there right now on the front page of that is an article uh, from the Bangor Daily News from last June. And it's called uh, Misbehaving Students Turn Themselves Around by Paddling Rowboat. It's not a great headline, but... Not the, a great headline. The story is the incredible, though, Muriel. The story is true. And I'll say that Heather uh, probably didn't pick the headline um, and worked very hard on that second article to get it right. Even on the first one, too. She interviewed a good number of people. They are not necessarily... All, I mean, all 40 kids are not, um, you know, <laughs> fodder for the big house. There, um, guys. If you want to run around and chase the mosquitoes, my apologies. We knew this was going to happen. Do what you need to. Um, kids, there. Um, kids that were behind in math and in reading, and some of them, many of them, were behavior problems. Uh, the everyone remembers the kid in eighth grade who sat in the back of the class and did nothing but distract everyone all year. Yeah, we put all of those in the same room with. Um, some very, very quiet, wonderful kids who are just behind, for whatever reasons, kids' brains develop different. And we put them, that was, this is Bruce Gamage's idea. And I would love to take credit for it because this was wonderful, but Bruce um, knocked on the door and said he had been given permission to try new and different things other than just book and paper learning in the classroom. And Bruce what is, I get, Bruce Gamage, he's a middle school teacher. He's with the school, yes. and this was done with the Rockland Middle School. Yes. So you take these kids and you tell them you don't have to go to social studies one day a week. You can go out in the boat. And, yes. of course, kids will go for that. But they have to make up social studies anyway. I like that part. Cause well, I, yeah. Because I didn't get to go for boat rides when I was in school, I'll tell you that. So anyway. Most kids didn't. But I've often said, and will we'll say to my dying day, middle school is an unnatural act. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just not natural to put that many hormones in the same room with no air and no sunshine and say sit down for six hours and learn something Hmm. it 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 can't kids aren't particularly the boys are not programmed to do that 
but if you take them outside, you know, feed them water and give them some sunshine and wear them out a little bit, then coping becomes easier at the classroom level. So we had these kids who were all, as I say, academically or, or you know, just or insp- behaviorally challenged. inspirationally yeah. challenged. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to malign these kids at all. Like you say, they all no. develop differently and they all... All uh, you know, funking in a different in a different part of the stew there. But anyway, these kids are uh, um, going out in the boat, and now they are doing a lot better in school. And we've measured this progress, haven't we, scholastically? Exactly correct. We've measured their progress. All of them went up um, in their tests. There were um, two girls for two people. I'm not even sure, uh, boys, girls, uh, that for unavailable or things that we could not prevent. No death one could death prevent. in the family. Yeah, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, they were um, unable to focus on their academics, and I'm okay with that. You know, well, okay with it. There's not a lot you can do about that. But I have, um, yeah, I really think that we made a huge difference taking, the, um, taking them out in the boat. I can't tell you what we learned in the boat because, Every day is different depending where the wind's coming from, depending if we see a seal that day, if the train is going by and someone asks, what's that? Um, If there happened to be a yawl and a catch in the water at the same time, or better, a yawl catch schooner. And we talk about what makes these vessels different. We learn something every day, but I'm never quite certain what. It just does seem to add up. They all had the opportunity to command the boat. Um, some of them got quite good at it. Uh, and that's got to do something. If everyone remembers junior high, you remember that when you had, like, you realized all of a sudden that you weren't a little kid no more and you didn't fit in anywhere and everyone was looking directly at you watching puberty happen. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it kind of maligns all the self-esteem you had when you were nine years old. It's nature does bad things to us, and we all grow out of it. But in the meantime, learning is hard. If you can command a vessel, particularly one is complicated as red jacket, you've got six oars, and you, I take the rudder out when I ask them to command. So they must do all of their steering by commanding their peers. There are no suggestions on a boat, and this is not a committee. It's a command. Yep. <laughs> We've seen you operate, Muriel. Oh. You would do the Royal Navy proud, uh, you know, with or without your flogger. You know? my, my, my first captain was a Marine drill instructor. <laughs> I learned to say, sir, from that boat. Yep, and, but it's necessary. And again, you're rowing these uh, uh, narrow, long, uh, multi oared gigs. And the, the oars themselves are what, 10, 12 feet long? Um, 11. Yep. Yep, they're carbon fiber. They uh, Still unwieldy. They're still unwieldy just because they are so long, but they work. You know, you put the oar in the water, you put your weight behind it, and we go somewhere. And the, the other thing I love, well, I, I mean, I love everything about this. This is what I do. Um, but there, uh, failure truly isn't an option. Uh, almost every sport that kids that are going through their adolescent clumsy stage, mine lasted 10 years, by the way. My gym teacher would send me out to walk the dog rather than force me to take gym with my class. It was that bad. Um, You get there and you try almost any sport for a few minutes and you realize how clumsy you are and then you go away and never try again. 
on the boat, once we're away from the dock, we can either drift to Portugal or you can pull the oar because there's no engine on the stern of this boat. <laughs> and we've got to get back. And by the way, I'm steering, so I'm not necessarily steering back to home. We're out there for an hour. And once you have pulled an oar for an hour, um, you realize that you kind of got good at it. You totally succeeded in this, and you learned to do everything you were supposed to, and success kind of feels good, so you sort of want to do it again. Who are the kids you're up on Ragged Mountain right now with, and why aren't we out in the boat? Too foggy? Um, no, 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 no. Fog is fine. This is my uh, junior's rowing camp. We decided this year in Station Man, the kids decided. Uh, I'm like, more like the token adult. Um, it really is complicated for them to come every Thursday to row for two hours or for eight hours. It's just complicated because families have vacations at different times and you can't plan anything. And so we divided the summer into a series of camps. Um, we had a, a mixed rowing camp last week. Um, this week is the juniors rowing camp. These kids are, what have I got? Guys, listen up, 11 and 12 years old, 10 and 11. All right. Hello, everyone on three. We're on the radio. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> okay. March on. Nice to hear from you. Hey, these kids rock. I'm telling you. I hear them sing. Um, we, we're going up Ragged Mountain with these kids today because yesterday the south wind came up. I had them all the way down uh, by O'Hara's, and it was a long log back. They were wonderful. There was not a complaint to be had, but there were a few blisters, and there was a lot of sun, and it was hot, and we decided today would be a good day to um, get in the shade. So we're Excellent. doing Ragged Mountain today. Tomorrow, we're either doing Broad Cove or the Lighthouse. Uh, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. Yeah. Now, you don't have to be um, a Rockland High Middle School kid to go out and row a station Absolutely main, do you? Absolutely not. We've had, um, God, we have kids as far away as Belfast that make the commute. They're extreme, but they've been married to the program for like seven years now. The same, it's a large family, and they just keep coming. Um, if you can make it to the boat, um, you can join. You can be a part of Station Maine. What usually happens we have an honor code and what we call a credo it's posted on the wall and the kids buy into this i never preach it we live it but three rules of signature i do preach it is bad um Oh, what's the second rule of seamanship? oh cover your mate's back because someday he's going to have to cover yours and there's always something you can do what was the first one again muriel Hit is bad. Okay. We do not hit buoys. We do not hit the rocks. We do not hit other boats. We do not hit each other. Hit is bad. Um, and you heard the next two. And I, I do preach them, but that's just how you get along on a boat. Yep. That's the way I came up. That's the way you came up. It's kind of the way it is out there. And again, it teaches you cooperation, teamwork, and takes you out of your environment. There's no more leveling thing you can do to take everybody right off the land, you know, oh, and I put them somewhere they really don't belong, and, and it makes people see things different, and, and you know, you you got to cope, or, as you say, no option. Yeah, yeah, the, and they do cope, and they cope wonderfully, and they, the, the kids, particularly in the eighth grade program, I, I think um, Kathy, the principal, who is, that woman is a force to reckon with. Don't get on her bad side. She's wonderful, and she fights for her kids. And she, 
Oh, and I forgot what I was going to say about... Um, I'll come back to it. I really want to praise Kathy, too, though. She's good. Well, Muriel, nowadays, um, you know, we're scholastically challenged. We're money challenged nowadays. Uh, the Orland School, for instance, we're in the town of Orland right here right now. Uh, they used to have a boat building program there. A guy named John started it. He got materials donated from EBS. They built a, a rowboat or two and some picnic tables. John died, and they've now closed the damn Orleans school. Um, they can't uh, even afford yeah. a school in that town, let alone, like I say, uh, music programs, rowing programs. You know what I'm saying? But these things. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. I see it all over the place. But we can't not afford it either, can we? Exactly correct. I would, there are a lot of, well, statistically, you can learn everything, a motivated um, smart student can learn everything that you learn from first grade to eighth grade in four months of really concentrated study. Sure. Now, stretch that out. We've got to put time to grow up in there, too. I thought that was well, the best exactly. thing I got out of school. Well, exactly. If you just realize that and spread a different mixture out where kids had alone time in the woods, where kids were out on a boat or, God forbid, doing something real that was part of um, building their community. Uh, my kids, we never leave behind um, a hazard to navigation. We'll, you know, we'll tow it ashore somehow. We pick up the trash. These kids um, that I'm, we're chasing up the mountain now spent the first whoa, 15 minutes, 20, half an hour um, on Sandy Beach just picking up sharp glass. Nice. It's just wrong to leave it there. They saw that they weren't going to spend their whole day doing it, but they knew that they were serving the community and that poor little barefoot two-year-old who wants to use the beach. Uh, kids are almost forbidden that. We live in this age of litigation where you're not, you know, used to get, you know, everyone get together and shingle Mrs. McGregor's house. And now Mrs. McGregor would be afraid of being sued if someone got hurt. Yep. There's so much of that going on. People want to help, but the lawyers forbid it. Well, kids nowadays, um, I've, I've just talked with a couple people, they can't find a kid to work in the yard in the summertime w.stationmain.org find me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, we run um, we run a rent a rower program. Rent a rower? Yes. All right. Where can I, I be uh, rowed? Um, no, 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 no. It's this. We go on major trips every year. This year, this, now this isn't the school program. The school program is school, and it whets your taste. I hope it has for many um, to join the the regular program, where, or the racing crew, or the seniors program, uh, where you buy into the credo. I never ask them to swear to it. It just happens. And we go over, overseas or on a major trip every year, somewhere big. I mean, sometimes the major, one time it was just Mystic Seaport, which kind of rocked in itself. Last year we went to Cornwall, England. We had um, friends there invite us over. Often we go to France. This year we um, we sailed on the ship Niagara Brig, Niagara actually, flagship out of Erie, Pennsylvania. Nice. That Oh, it was nice. You guys get and, around. Well, I get friends in high places. But um, the kids 
No one is doing these kids a favor by writing them a free ticket to Europe. Give me a break. They, all of these kids have to earn. I did not say raise. I said earn every dime of their passage to anywhere overseas. Now, when we, the um, Kiwanis, God bless them, helps a lot. They give us um, a lot of money every year towards our expedition, and that's very, very helpful for doing extras like um, going to Niagara Falls, as long as we're that close. Guys, i got to stop here. It's too steep. I can't talk and do this. Oh, Muriel, we're just that's about fine. to, uh, like I say, Brag you up one more time. We're talking to Muriel, Muriel Curtis this morning. She's with Station Maine. You can check out stationmaine.org. She's on the side of Ragged Mountain this morning with some teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Muriel... And I need to finish telling you about Rent-A-Rower. Okay. Quickly. Yep. The kids have to earn, not raise, every dime of it. So I rent them out to mow lawns. We find jobs for kids. Oh. People call in. And for $10 an hour, we just... Um, traveled down to see some friends of mine, and we worked eight hours straight. Those kids were, they worked like Trojans and came away with some serious money in their pockets. That Great idea. Great idea, to, Muriel. That's the program. The, the trip to France is only like the gravy afterwards. Nice. Well, Muriel, there's fortunately people in the, uh, and, you know, it can always dispute whether you've got the best job on the planet, but you've got one of the best offices, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. I, I guess. <laughs> I'd like to have everybody recognize that, and uh, like say, Ragged Mountain this morning, and uh, you know the harbor tomorrow, and and uh, the as world. As long as you have a cell phone, you've you've got your office carrying with you. And the world. All right. Well, we thank you for speaking with us this morning, and and uh, uh, you know it, it it sounds like a quite a high energy thing you're doing there, Muriel. So good luck running them kids up and down that mountain. Oh, they keep me young. Thank you so much for calling and understanding yep. what we're doing. Love right. to see you down in thank the harbor you, sometime. Bye bye. Yep. Muriel uh, Curtis from Station Maine, and, and you can find them down in the uh, west end of Rockland Harbor, down in Mechanic mm -hmm. Street. They have a little dock down there by the public boat launch. I just got a, a, a little notice from the folks in Stockton Harbor. Oh, they're starting up a little sailing program for kids there, too. They uh, centered around the Stockton Harbor Sailing Center. Uh, if you're interested in going on a, 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 a race night they're going to organize, you uh, talk to the Stockton Harbor uh, Harbor Master, and uh, they said they're also expanding their program to uh, include high school students from Bucksport High School and other high schools in the area. So if you have some kids in that area interested in uh, maybe getting them out on the water, give the uh, Stockton Harbor Sailing Center a call at uh, 217-0845. Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague, we're doing boat talk this morning. Uh, splish and splash, not as funny as click and clack, you understand, but you know. We enjoy doing it, so uh, and they let us come around. So anyway, uh, it is a call-in show this morning. We're going to call out. We're calling out right now, though, so um, um, you want to hold your calls for a minute. We're going to hopefully get a hold of Captain Havel Hawkins. Are you there this morning, Captain? Oh, yeah. How's it going? Oh, Good hey. morning. Where will we find you this morning? Well, uh, last time I looked, I was somewhere out off Castine, but I can't see much right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little foggy, is it, this morning? A little, little on the foggy side, yeah. Yeah, are we underway? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got underway. We were anchored in Hospital Island last night. They had a birthday celebration for the Bowden, and uh, she was sailing around, so we had a pretty good sail yesterday. Now we're going to be down toward Pond Island, one of the preserve islands, and maybe walk around the beach a little while. Nice. Now, um, 
We've got to explain here. We're talking to Captain Havla Hawkins. He's on Velo this morning, which is a sloop that that you built in Rockland a few years ago. Um, chartered at the present time to an organization called Windward Passage, which um, is a scholarship organization to get kids out on boats. Started taking kids out. You just spoke of the Bowden. Bowden was the one of the first boats they took advantage of, and That's right. a couple of others before they've landed on you. But you've been the uh, You've been the the boat and the captain for the program for the last couple of years, Havla, haven't you? Yeah, I think this is my I think this is my fourth or fifth year. I can't remember time flies, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. We uh, we came up and uh, Winter Passage was a program without a boat. Boaten had to go up into uh, Labrador or the Arctic or something, and uh, I had been down in the vineyard for eleven years doing day sales. It was all going for you. How's that for atmosphere? Nice. And then. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I was a boat without a program, so it became the perfect marriage. I was trying to get a thing started with kids anyway. And uh, Pam Scott, who runs the Windward Passage operation, does she's really the brains behind the operation. She does all the fundraising and yep. bookkeeping and the hard stuff. I just get the fun part. I sail around with kids. She but anyway, yeah, we've been at it for like, I think this is the fourth or fifth year now. Nice. Now, um... We should also just for uh, you know kind of resume uh, fill in here. You come from from uh, uh, windjammer pioneer and stock around here, don't you? Your family kind of pioneered the main windjammer trade. That's pretty fair to say, isn't it? Well, they were uh, close. They were sort of the second. Frank Swift started it. My father came in soon after that with Fred Guild and a few other people, but he started in '49 with a Stephen Tabor and. Uh, Sailed on up through till I think it was eighty two when I took the Mary Day over and we I sailed her till eighty seven and then all the rest is history. But yeah, that and I've got I think it's I think I'm the fourth or fifth generation of boat builders on my mother's side. They were all days in Brooklyn and Arno Day and June Day and Frank Day and all that crowd. Nice. Well a lot of lobster boats and stuff. The point being you've grown up, uh, spent your whole life around these these traditional uh, large heavy boats. Uh, Velo is a sloop but it's not what you'd call a very modern design, is it? I would call it trailing edge technology. No, she's she's rigged like many of the other vessels out here as a, um, she's a sloop, but people still call her a schooner because she looks like one of the windjammers, but she's only got one mast, so she is technically a sloop, but she's all, we don't have winches, it's all blocks and tackles and big heavy stuff, as you say. There's a thousand feet in my main and I got a couple of jibs, but both my kid and I single-hander because she's we're used to the weight of the vessel. It's kind of like kung fu or something where you use the weight of your opponent against it. So the weight of the vessel actually is uh, is one of the big reasons we can single-hand the boat. She doesn't. She's not as fluffy as a lot of the racing machines, which make them really hard to sail. They they won't take care of themselves at all. But uh, the big thing is that she's a She's a really awesome platform for working with kids, and I don't like to call it sail training because we don't really train them how to sail. We're just basically trying to get them to live together in a small space without hurting each other for a week, But uh, and that's what we do. She's kind of, the program is pretty neat because a boat like this is a microcosm of the planet, if you will. We don't buy anything when we get underway. We've got a finite amount of food and all that, right, water and everything. So we're basically self-contained for the whole week, and I use that as a way of kind of explaining that our planet is sort of self-contained for 
the next mo- several millenniums, we hope. We all are self-contained, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, but especially yeah. when, you know, if you didn't bring it on the boat, you haven't got it. And again, yeah, um, the boat's very traditional. Um, you know, if you could have a winch, you wouldn't. You don't want the kids to have a winch, do you? You'd rather have them. Put I, I wouldn't have one if I, I wouldn't have one if it was my boat and no kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the difference is that, first of all, if something breaks, I can fix it. There's no complex mechanical parts on the boat. Secondly, I can't. I go to a marine hardware store and I can't find anything to buy. This vessel cost me less to maintain than <laughs> the vessel itself cost me less than the rigs on most modern vessels. The so technology. There's a lot. The, the tech, this trailing edge technology, I, I use that sort of tongue in cheek, but there's an awful lot about traditional things being done. Farming, uh, the way these houses around here were built in the 1700s, there's an awful lot of technology that is being lost because nobody really understands how it worked. They look at it as romantic and, quote, traditional and all that kind of stuff. But there were there's stuff about it that's just way cool once you get to understand it. And it makes life so much more simple. There's not a lot of expense. There's not a lot of um, complexity. There's a lot of options. A gas-headed sail, for instance, they're, oh, man, the gas real heavy, but... If I want to lower the sail, it pushes it all down. Somebody hasn't got to go up and rest the last 15 feet of a Marconi sail down. So yep. mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff about this boat that makes her so much easier to sail than almost any vessel half her size rigged up in modern, with modern technology or cutting-edge technology. It's just, it's, for me, it's much more satisfying and much simpler. I, I like to tell people I'm one of the laziest sailors you'll ever meet. Just because that's why I have this vessel, because I'm a lazy sailor. <laughs> Perfect. We're uh, talking to Captain Captain Havilah Hawkins this morning. He's aboard Velo out in the fog off of Castine somewhere. And uh, <laughs> who do we have aboard exactly this morning? Who do you got for crew, and, and who's who's on uh, for your well, program right now? My son is mate for me. He's uh, 20, I guess it'd be 22 this weekend, and he's got his own license. And on the break from Lauren Wilson College down in North Carolina, uh, and I have six kids aboard who are from various backgrounds. We do a lot of work with the Department of Health and Human Services. So I think, I can't remember, I think maybe three foster kids or three kids that are in that, you know, in that system, sort of. And then we've got, I don't know, maybe one that can really afford it. I think we've got a couple of others that are just here kind of on a scholarship thing. The idea is that we try and not necessarily pick and choose who comes aboard, but we make sure that we have a variety of kids every week. Uh, we don't want just a whole bunch of wealthy kids. We have to carry kids with who come from families who can afford it because they help subsidize the other kids. The rest of the kids, all the money is paid the fundraising that we do, or Pam does, um, it doesn't cost DHS anything. Those kids all go free, so it's not a burden on the state. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> we try and uh, have a variety of kids aboard who don't really know where everybody else is from until they get into the week, and if they want to share that, they can, but it puts everybody on an equal footing um, level playing field, if you will, so there's not really any kids aboard that have an advantage over the other at this point. None of them know anything about it. So it, nice. It makes, it makes the dynamics pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. How long do you go out with a group? 
we're uh, five days and five nights. We go out on a Monday morning about 10 o'clock and get back in about 10 o'clock on Saturday afternoon to Sunday morning. Uh, not Sunday, Monday morning. <laughs> are you booked for the whole Saturday summer? Saturday morning. There, I got it. I'll get it out after a while. Are you, are you booked for the whole, whole summer already? I think we have a space. Uh, I think there was a cancellation for, and I think we're looking for about a 14-year-old boy, and I don't know exactly which week it is, but there was a cancellation. Other than that, we're, we're full up for the summer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we started out with four weeks, and we were only about half full four years ago, and now we we're doing eight weeks and turning them away in the spring. Well, we got to think ahead here, then, if we want to get our favorite kid out there. And again, the organization is called Windward Passage, windwardpassage.org. And there are scholarships available. And again, um, it's like uh, our buddy David Buckman said here um, in the introduction to his book, uh, trying to uh, get out on the road less traveled, experience the thrill of discovery, live large, suffer some privations, rise to challenges, and expand the kids' visions of the worlds and, and, and the way it works, you know? Right. They do their own cooking. I don't, I mean, I cook. I feel like it, but most of the time the kids do all their own cooking. They wash their own dishes. They do all of the that, yeah. stuff on deck. They, uh, they learn the lines. There's a bunch of lines on this boat, strings we have to pull to make it work. It's kind of like a big puppet, but, uh, they learn what all those strings do and they learn a few knots, but mostly it's just about learning how to get along in small space with each other and, and sort of those sort of life lessons and stuff. Yeah, well, I gotta ask. I gotta ask you about navigating because you're out there in the fog. Okay, <laughs> nowadays, you know, it's kind of idiot resistant with the uh, GPS chart plotters. Um, was telling a story. We run across a little Hinkley pilot that had a pod on it by the wheel that was just so ungainly for the boat. The guy was apologetic about it. But he says, "Hey, I can navigate and read the New York Times." So, <laughs> do you, does your binnacle have a big TV screen right in front of it with the chart? And uh, how do you how do you navigate with the GPS thing nowadays? How do, how do you integrate I that? I don't. You don't. <laughs> I, uh, I have a GPS, a little handheld GPS. Yeah. That gives me my location if I need it. I mean, it gives me my lat long, tells me where I am on the planet. Good Lord, Captain. Are you navigating with a stopwatch and a compass? I don't have a stopwatch. I look at the map. I look at my. I can see a clock down below from the wheel. Yeah, and well, yeah, I got, and I don't have a binnacle. I got a compass that's laid in the deck and the chart up here with a navigational device my father invented years ago called a courser. Just a series of parallel lines on a plastic sheet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now I'm beating. I'm going out of Castine, and I can't see nothing. Good lord, you are nothing. a dinosaur. But if I come on the other tack, I'm headed in toward the shore, which is big and bold and deep and black, and I can see it before I hit it. Yeah, that's all I need to know. So, Fair navigating enough. in the fog is pretty much about first of all not knowing where or knowing where it isn't, like yep. under the lee of islands and stuff. And secondly, headed for something that you know you can see before you hit it. You went on ahead for a submerged ledge or a buoy with no sound on it. We just but I do that. have backup. I do have a GPS. I can find out, you know, where I am if I have to. But again, uh, experience, which we like to say on boat talks, one thing you can't fake. Uh, you've you've got a little bit. Well. I think one of the things that I like to do is um, accentuate finding out what's going on around you. I mean, you um, you can smell rocks when you go under them because of shags and seals and stuff. You can you know you can get a reflected sea off the windward side of an island. You can tell where eddies and rips are. I found Bass Harbor head one day just following the rip up after I caught a trap and lost track of my DR. So. 
there's all kinds of stuff you can do, other input toss, out there besides the electronic stuff. Toss potatoes <laughs> off the bow until they stop splashing. <laughs> yeah, if they stop splashing, you better turn around <laughs> or do something. And the seagulls, if they're walking, that's a bad sign. Yep. Captain yeah. Havel Hawkins. <laughs> Glad to talk. But about I don't want to. I really don't. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't want to diss GPS and everything that's out there. The more information you have on the water, the better. Um, I frankly don't sail in the fog any more than I have to, or only want to know that I'm in a place where I can handle it. I don't go down Jericho Bay with a coming tide and thick fog. It's just not very smart. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people now get. So they can go anywhere with their GPSs and their radars and stuff, and that's fine until it breaks, and then you've got a problem. So uh, the old, they're getting better, but it used to be the old thing was don't go anywhere you wouldn't go if you didn't have it. So that's yep. Pretty good. That's a pretty good rule to live by that's, even now. That's good advice. Your batteries die down or you got a bad connection or whatever. So it's just you really don't have to go. The only people that have to go are people that are earning a living fishing or tugging or craters or whatever, but yachting, you're a lot smarter just to stay in one place or read a book. You've got an idea where your hook is going down this evening? Where you no, have? I don't. No, I'd like to get out of if we can get out of the pump breeze and die on me now, but I may have to putter. I do have a motor. I may have to put it down there. So I would like to put in a plug for all of the for these uh, in my trails and all of these people who are taking care of these islands because without them, we'd be really up a creek. There are still some wonderful islands. They're just priceless, and uh, these people are doing the yeoman's job of keeping this coast so we can still appreciate it. That's uh, something I don't think we should forget <laughs> when we're out here using them. Maine Island so, Trail Association is what you said. Maine Island Trails is one of them. The other is Maine Coast Heritage Trust, Bond Island, Marshall's Island, and God knows how many other islands are out here are owned, and we can go aboard them anytime we want. And that's part of what we do is retreat treat them as best we can and uh, teach a little respect for our surroundings. Yeah, nice. We'll have a, we're awful glad to talk to you this morning. We'll let you get your uh, head back in the fog there. <laughs> I know where I am. There you go. That keep, them, good, keep them kids safe. And, uh, again, windwardpassage.org if you, uh, you're interested in more information about this. And, and uh, you know, I, I uh, would love to run into you sometime out on the, on the water there, Captain. Well, yeah, they've got a... Yeah. They actually have a Facebook page, which has a pretty cool um, little film about the, one of the kids. It, so it tells you a little bit of what's going on aboard. And how do? So, yeah, we got all kinds of information out there. How do we find that on the Facebook? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> 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 I, all right. I know is that it exists, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. I can't hardly get the website up, let alone Facebook. But it's there somewhere. All I know is it's there. I uh, believe we're understanding you now, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got one more quick question for you, Havel. Um, yeah, how you doing? I, yes, this is Alan. Uh, yeah, uh, you uh, besides being very knowledgeable about the boat and uh, seamanship around here too, you you got to be a, a bit of a psychologist to do what you do. And when you uh, this is for information for anybody who has a a kid come on board their boat for the first time and they're been out on the water and they don't know how to act and sometimes they get well, I guess we'll say. Sort of out Wound of sorts, up. yes. <laughs> do you have any uh, any pet tricks or something like that? Do you to do to sort of uh, calm them down or, or you know get them more in contact with what's going on? Yeah, um, conversation. Just, I mean, for instance, 
This morning, the last two days, I've got a rather active bunch, especially vocally. <laughs> so I just have to say, okay, hold on, hold on. We're going to have one conversation at a time. And when you get to the point where you're hollering over everybody else, it's just not right. It's part of those, it's part of those life things. I mean, we, you really should listen to one person and what they're saying before you holler over something else. And then you bring up something like every, all of these conversations start with I. And me, everybody's trying to outdo everybody else on the boat. <laughs> but they did. And so listen, what I'd really love to do and haven't done yet is have a, is to have a tape recorder and play back 20 minutes of conversation <laughs> and have them hear themselves. It would be astounding. Mm-hmm. So I try to I try to sort of mirror that kind of thing and let them know what's going on. And then somebody will tell a story, and I'll go, 19. What do you mean, 19? Well, there are 19 likes in that conversation. <laughs> in that sentence. Yeah. And usually that stops them dead. So it's yeah. interesting stuff. I mean, I don't scold them for using them. I just bring it, sort of hold a mirror up. Well, you're teaching respect is what you're doing. That's the idea. The idea is to respect the silence of being aboard and respect other people's conversations and views. Try not to step over somebody else with your views. And uh, as far as comfort on the boat, the bottom line is if one person is not comfortable, nobody is. Um, they're whining, they're crying, they're not comfortable, or, you know, so I just tell them right up front, if one person is not having fun, none of us are having fun, and we have to respect everybody else's face because we don't have very much of it. And again, it's, it's a parallel to being on the planet. All of this is just a parallel to being on Earth. If we don't start treating everybody with respect and not stepping on their space, it's going to be bad for us. We're shipmates, oh, uh, and, and this is all we've got, <laughs> shipmates, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, so that's kind of kind of what we're trying to teach. Everybody's, oh, you teach them how to sail and roll and all. And yeah, that's so that happens. Yeah, but most of, most of the time, we're just playing, trying to teach them how to look at one another in a different light. So, sounds like some uh, old-fashioned retrogressive ideas to me, Captain. I'm not trailing sure. Trailing-age technology, I'm telling you, it's worth that. Good luck catching <laughs> that on. Trailing-age technology. Yeah, we're on your side, but good luck catching that on. <laughs> <laughs> so glad right, to talk well, to you this morning. Have thank one. you, Hattie. Yeah, been take fun. it easy. See you guys later, man. Yep. And we do have another phone call right now, too. The number to call in is one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning. Nope, I think they got tired of waiting. Oh, the lights are flashing. Yeah, we do have another one coming in for a second here, though. Uh, The Bowdoin, say quickly, is going to be offering some special tours this summer, too. You need to uh, go on to a website or an email address to find out just where it's going to be and when. The email address is tleach, that's the letter T, L-E-A-C-H, at M-M-A dot E-D-U. Now, let's see if somebody there on the phone. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Hello, Mike, Al, Howard Good calling. morning. Sorry, oh. hung yeah, up Howard. a moment ago. Morning, Howard. How are you this everything? morning? Oh, uh, we always in a in a nice place doing boat talk, Howard, always, you know. Nice day, too. Yeah. I, I do hope you don't run into Captain Hawkins out there on the bay, but... Um, no, not literally, no. Uh, just a shout-out. I heard on, I think, your uh, uh, announcements the other night of a get-together, 75th anniversary of the Maine Windjammer Association, Parade of Sail, Rockland Harbor, Friday afternoon, probably starting around 2 o'clock, and then all anchoring off of uh, what I call Sharps Wharf South, but there's another technical name for it, but it's on the south end of Rockland Harbor, 
this is going to be sort of a prelude to the Blues weekend. So if you want to get down there and see what uh, Captain Hawkins was raised in and uh, was been such a glory on the coast of Maine for so many years, this would be a terrific parade of sail, probably... Um, I'd say 15 to 20 of the uh, Windjammers, if not most all of them, maybe a little more than that. Um, I don't know if this is going to be part of the race that they used to have the Friday before 4th of July, but that always used to be my highlight of the summer. So just to let people know, if they want to really see, and it's going to be a beautiful day, if they want to see what it's all about on the bay, uh, to get down there, and I think the Monhegan might be taking people out. So it's uh, it's just it's a once-in-a-lifetime uh, site. Or yes, hike, out, be... hike out the Rockwood Breakwater. No better spot yeah. to be in the middle of the water and, and still be on land and see that. That's very, very much, very much the case. So yep. I just bring that to your attention. Well, and you thank you very much, Howard. You're welcome. We appreciate that. Well and done. Good to hear from you, Howard. Don't forget your camera too. We, we got the boat in the water, Howard. Are we spending any time on it? No, Howard's gone. Ow. Oh, we got another caller though. I, good te- morning. I was teasing him anyway. <laughs> good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Hi. Hi. Uh, my name's Ivor Luffing, and from Swan Island. Yes. Ivor, how are you? We haven't heard from you for a while. Yeah, I've just done back here, but I ran a uh, an outing club for ten years in Skowhegan. We did all sorts of things. We did uh, kayaking and hiking and all sorts of things. And what really um, made it hard to do it anymore was the uh, insurance thing. And uh, what happened was we lost our you know Boy Scout insurance. We used to be an explorer post, and then we never really got anything back. And the problem with that is the people that help you out. You know, like say you're the leader of the group, maybe you have sort of some insurance coverage. But the people who help you out did not get any insurance coverage, which is, you know, hard because kids do, you know, crazy things all the time and they don't want to, like, lose their house because they uh, helped kids out. So I think we have to help. We have to figure that out and make a a way so that uh, programs such as, you know, sailing programs, different things like that, uh, so that the people who help out are not, um, you know, liable for any, any crazy thing kids do. That's a little sober in the dose of reality there, Ivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was great when we had it. It was a fantastic thing for kids. We hiked most of you know the Appalachian Trail in Maine. We sea uh, uh, kayaked and did all sorts of great things. But you know, kids, you know, and all that time, you know, kids would you know, uh, you know, things would happen, but nothing, you know, nothing. Fortunately, nothing big happened to us. But you know, sure. you never know. Things could happen. You know. I uh, just built a swing set for a little girl. Okay, and her grandmother says, "Is it safe?" <laughs> I says it's a swing. They're little kids. No, it's not safe if they do it right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But again, we got to we got to uh, be mindful of liability nowadays, don't we? Ivor, are you doing any boating this summer? Oh, of course, yeah. You're a uh, uh, a long time uh, small boat man. I I recognize. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, it's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. I go out with the Main Island Trail and clean up some islands and things, and you know, I try to explain it to my wife. I had to buy a new outboard because I really needed to get out there. Uh-huh. Because the islands needed the new outboard. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's probably yeah. part, partly because the alcohol is hard on your old one, too. Nice yeah. of the wife to buy the islands new outboard, Ivor. Thank her for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We, we figured it out. So. Yeah. But it's been fun. Uh, you know, we get out and we do stuff out here. We have a, a Main Island Trail campsite in, at our place, and uh, we have five kayakers, sea kayakers, are coming uh, day after tomorrow. I was just down to uh, Buckle Island the other afternoon. Now, what islands are you talking? That's just uh, off of the west end of Swan's Island. There it makes a nice little harbor. People, yeah, it's a great little island you can walk around. Um, oh, I love that area. What islands are you talking about? 
Well, we used to do Hen Island, which is right next to Buckle, but then there's uh, eagle nesting happening there. It has been for about five or ten years, but we started that campsite. But then there's Baker Island on the other side, and uh, we have a City Point campsite right behind our house. And, uh, you know, also we go out and uh, we're working on the trails by the lighthouse, and we have a whole bunch of things we're doing here on Swans Island. Nice. And we hear yeah. your new library just opened up, too. Got, oh, it's fantastic. Got hit, get hit by lightning, burned the library down on Swans Island, what, two summers ago or so? And and uh, congratulations on your new library. I saw it in the paper the other day. Yeah, my wife raised most, you know, helped work on uh, raising the money for the first uh, one in the uh, old schoolhouse. And uh, that became the sort of seed money for the new one. And it's a wonderful thing. It's going to be very energy efficient and uh, it's going to be a great place for people to be. And, uh, we have talks there on Wednesday. Is going to be a talk about uh, the geology of the island at seven o'clock, and tomorrow, or no, tonight is uh, Phil Conkley is coming to talk about uh, islands in time. Nice, and we've turned getting hit by lightning into something positive. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, but it was a long struggle. Yeah, so it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful wonderful thing now. Nice. Well, Ivor, thank you for calling this morning. We're coming yeah, up on you. on the end of the program here. At the present time, uh, we've been doing boat talk. Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague, uh, what, the rusty old anchors, two old boat, boat carpenters. Uh, and, like I say, our privilege to do boat talk here. It is fun. Boy, it's, uh, yeah, we should do it once a week. <laughs> well, uh, org. it's always available. There's uh, other material up there. And uh, we've been trying to work on on changing the website around. I ain't quite sure we're very close. To it's coming. It's, it's been coming for years. It's still coming. Hang on. Be very patient. But you can contact us through the website, too. Yep. And Time for uh, Jim Bahoosh coming up next here on Community Radio. WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9, Bangor, 99.9. Let's say goodbye. Good morning. <laughs> Support for Boat Talk comes from Gamble and Hunter Sailmaker.